Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 227 is entitled, A Layman's Argument for the Existence of God, Part 4. Turning away from the writings of Mr. Richard Dawkins, let me turn to some logical fallacies of our own. The Christian view is not off the hook either. For example, where does God come from? Let me refer you back to the previous podcast. Everything goes back to first cause. However, let's begin with the law that matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed. That means, of course, that 1. Matter and energy have always existed. 2. The amount of matter and energy cannot be increased or decreased. 3. There is no beginning or end to matter and energy. Let's add to that list two other self-evident laws. 1. Something can never come from nothing. 2. Everything is made of matter and energy. Let's carry that to a second level using the above as absolutes. Because something can never come from nothing. Intelligence, life, consciousness, awareness, etc. As stated in the previous podcast, cannot be created or destroyed. That also means that intelligence has no beginning or end. The assumptions are the same. For matter, energy, and intelligence, there is no first cause. From the principles above, let's make a case for the existence of God. God is a self-existing intelligence. We are self-existing intelligences. We are as old as God is, with this notable difference. He simply has more intelligence infinitely more intelligence. The differences are too vast for the mortal mind to comprehend. God is omniscient. He knows everything there is to know about the past, present, and future. That makes him omnipotent. He not only has all knowledge, he has all power. If God began as an intelligence and through law achieved godhood, the potential must exist in other self-existing intelligences. That means that not only will, but also potential are self-existing and self-existing intelligence. Let's carry that one giant step further. The entire purpose of God is to help us become more like Him. That leads to another assumption. How can God make us like Him? The only possibility is through law. Law alone brings order out of chaos. Without law, there would be no creation. As an intelligence, God organized laws from self-existing matter and energy. That is how he created worlds. That is how he created us. He did not create our self-existing intelligence. We are as old as he is. He gave us a spirit body in his image, using the elements of matter and energy. And he gave us a physical body after his likeness, using the elements of matter and energy. Furthermore, Using the elements of matter and energy, he organized laws, and with those laws, also using the elements of matter and energy, he organized worlds, including our perfect earth, that accommodates life. That is in harmony with all the principles above. 
1. Matter and energy have always existed. 2. The amount of matter and energy cannot be increased or decreased. 3. There is no beginning or end to existence. 4. There is no beginning or ending to intelligence. 5. Something can never come from nothing. 6. Everything is made of matter and energy. 7. Intelligence, life, consciousness, awareness, etc. cannot be created or destroyed. 8. For matter, energy, and intelligence, there is no first cause. 9. For matter, energy, and intelligence, there is no beginning or end. Everything we learn about God makes him even more incomprehensible. Law is no exception. God understands the very nature of all the elements. With God, there can be nothing superfluous. Especially, there can be no superfluous laws. Everything must come from somewhere. Essence self-exists. But laws do not. By understanding the very essence of self-existing matter and energy, and the very essence of intelligence, God understood how to harness the energy inherent in matter and energy and organize laws that govern matter and energy. God is a God of truth and light, law and order. That suggests that intelligence itself is made of truth and light. God did not invent truth and light. They self-exist in the very elements of everything. God becomes one with truth and light, making him omnipotent. Light and truth define God. Light and truth are reflected in his laws. Truth and light emanate from the throne of God and fill the universe to the very limits of his infinite creation. He organized laws for the temporal world, the world of mortality, and he organized laws for the spiritual world, the world of immortality. The power that governs those laws emanate from the throne of God. All spheres are governed by a complete set of laws acting independently, thus making God invisible and giving us agency. It is by divine design. Science is wrong in thinking that life must have a first cause. What evidence is there that life has a first cause? Mortal or biological life has a first cause, but intelligence or consciousness self-exist. That explains the existence of God, and that explains the existence of God's children. He organized self-existing intelligences and gave them a spiritual body and a temporal body in his likeness and image. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Biological life is not, strictly speaking, life. It is the physical habitation of life. The Genesis story of creation supports that. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. We refer to God as our creator. Why? The short answer is that with God, we would have intelligence or consciousness, but we would not have either a spirit body or a physical body. The first thing God did for us was to invite our intelligences into his kingdom and give us a spirit body in his image. He placed our self-existing intelligence into our spirit body, just as he placed our spirit in our physical body. 
He is not the father of our self-existent intelligence, but he is the father of our spirits, which suggests that we were literally born into heaven with a heavenly mother and Elohim as our father. That is what Peter meant when he said, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The conclusion that we draw from this is that family relationships on earth are patterned after family relationships in heaven. We are all brothers and sisters, equal in the eyes of God. God does not reinvent the wheel. He has designed laws such that procreation requires a male and a female, a mother and a father. Just as we were born as spirits in the kingdom of heaven through a mother and father, we are born on earth in the earthly kingdom through a mother and father. That is an eternal, irrevocable law. It is the order of creation and has been from the beginning. The only reason we have a divine nature is because we are literally the spirit children of God. He is the father of our spirits, suggesting that we have the divinity of God within us. That is why we have the potential to become gods. We are members of an eternal family. Mortal families are patterned after our heavenly family. The fifth commandment is the connection between our immortal family and our mortal family. The entire purpose of God's plan, as stated above, is to help us grow into our divine nature as children of God. The virtues listed by Peter are the virtues of Christ. That puts a different slant on the commandments of God. We do not keep the commandments of God to avoid punishment. We keep the commandments of God to become more like Christ. If you want to avoid hell... Be honorable and live decently. The mercy of God is far more extensive than you can comprehend. Your reward will be a paradise above anything you can imagine. But if you want to become Christ-like and live with God, you must not only be honorable and decent, you must also be valiant. You must earnestly seek truth and strive to keep all the commandments of God to the best of your ability at whatever sacrifice. Personal accountability is the only way that agency can work. We alone choose whether or not we want to become more like Christ through our obedience to his laws. The only sin is violation of law. Law brings order. Violation of law brings disorder. If we want eternal happiness, we must obey the laws of eternal happiness. If we want eternal progression, we must obey the laws of eternal progression. Obedience to law takes us forward. Disobedience to law takes us backward and moves us farther away from our divine nature. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.